Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Which is the better NHL team in Alberta, the Calgary Flames or the Edmonton Oilers? As we sit here today... The Flames are number one in the Western Conference. The Oilers have had, they've been on this road longer than the Calgary Flames. So while I don't think the Calgary Flames were a flash in the pan, and all the credit goes to Daryl Sutter, as I said earlier, if they were to meet in the playoffs right now, I might take the Flames to win based solely on Jacob Markstrom. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, beautiful and sunny Saskatoon. That's where one half of the program is coming to you from. On this Thursday, U.S. Thanksgiving, a look inside Saskatchewan Center. That's from this morning's draw. The women were on the ice at Saskatchewan Center. As action is heating up, but for a big part of the uh, Bermuda Triangle of the NHL, it's not Saskatchewan's team Dunstone out, Edmonton's team Botcher out, but that's okay as we bring in uh, the Moose now. And boy, do we have a lot of things to get to with Darren Moose DuPont, who joins us from the Saskatoon Delta Hotels by Marriott, downtown Saskatoon. What's going on, Moose? You still having your coffee there? How is it? It's great. You know, things are awesome here. Um, The group at the Delta has been just tremendously uh, hospitable. The room is awesome. I've got, you know, this great space to set up for. The views are spectacular. Um, The lobby is awesome. And then I got the football game on, coffee's on. This is a great Thursday. I had the vibe that today was going to be a great show. And for the most part, it has been. But the viewers are annoying me. They're, avo- they're annoying me a little bit. I don't know if Uh-oh. you're paying attention to that or not. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's okay. Um, I did want to mention this. Addiction, it destroys lives, relationships, and families. But the good news is addiction is a treatable illness. At Aurora Recovery Center, we provide everything you need to build a solid foundation for your recovery with holistic, evidence-based treatment tailored to each individual. Located in Gimli, Manitoba, on the shores of Lake Winnipeg, Aurora can help regardless of whether or not you feel ready or have tried before. Aurora Recovery Center, recovery for life. Visit their website at auroracoverycenter.com. And as much as the viewers have been annoying me, I'll still bring them in anyways. Um... Craig Campbell watching from the Hockey Hall of Fame in downtown Toronto. With regards to our question, what made you fall in love with the CFL in the first place? Craig says, Terry Greer and a winning season for the Argos in 1982. Warren Moon and Edmonton took the wind out of the Argos' sails in the Grey Cup, though. One thing we were mentioning in our morning meeting was the answers of the viewers to this question about the NHL. Didn't it give you a real indication of the ages? Most of the people that I noticed on Instagram yesterday, Darren, were um, 90s, like yourself. 90s and even 2000s. So guys like me and Craig Campbell, we go back to early 80s and 70s. Oh my God, they, I can't believe you guys haven't put us out to pasture yet. 
Take you out back behind the uh, the barn. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, well, somebody's got to oh. somebody's got to give the historical perspective. But you know what? It's good that we've got but, viewers and fans in their 30s that are following this league, you know, and all oh, yeah. sports. Now, can we get mm-hmm. some answers in where their greatest moments are Sidney Crosby days, early Crosby days, Malkin days, you know, um, and start to get some a few more 20 year olds into the uh, into the equation that would be kind of nice yeah well all fairness most of those younger people were the hockey fans that were writing in right um and we'll get to the comments from the viewer i'm trying to stay on track i appreciate break see you see what i'm saying that's when i say the viewers are annoying me they don't know that they're doing it it's just it's like herding cats and they're trying to take us down nine different roads. And I'm trying to just stay on one road for as much as I can here. Um, Glenn Erickson watching in Medicine Hat. He says, looking at the list of CFL divisional all-stars, and it's nice to see Nick Dembski get the nod. But does anybody remember how the kid couldn't hang on to the football when he wore green and white? Nick Dembski was a tremendous Saskatchewan Rough Rider. He was a... Second round pick of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I love that kid, but he's a Winnipeg kid. And uh, Nick, Nick is uh, was once called the CFL's Deshaun Watson, and I would agree with that, that type of player. So let's not look back. Let's look forward. How about that? Yeah. How about that? From the Puck and Pigskin, from the Puck and Pigskin podcast in the YYC. Says, hey, Rod, any more grumblings about the possible Calgary Stampeders sale to a potential buyer? Um... No, not at all. The trail's gone cold, and quite frankly, that's a that's a really big reason why I've switched my focus to covering the Florida Panthers, South Florida sports, the Miami Dolphins, because quite frankly, covering the CFL a lot of times is a very difficult proposition. I had the tip from two really good sources, one with the Stampeders, one formerly with the Stampeders, that this thing's happening, confirmed, quite frankly, by uh, Danny Austin, wasn't it? Right after the BC Lions sale went through, Danny Austin goes... Uh, now, pretty soon, it'll be the Calgary Stampeders, or it might have been the CFL news guy, and now nothing. And, and I look like a toad. So it's like, why do I even try? Why? I'll just go talk about something else. But anyways, that's my answer on that. And they do want to talk about the Pats and John Paddock and Connor Bedard because they've won three in a row, so I might come back around on that. And I haven't even got to the National Football League yet. The Detroit Lions are up 7-0 on the Chicago Bears, Moose, and I never got to deal or no deal with you yet. So I don't know where I've been on a bit of a diatribe here right now. Um, I will just also throw in that Chris Bird in King City, Ontario, says, I fell in love with the CFL through radio and TV. I'll never forget hearing the color commentary of Ron Lancaster, the little general. So... Sometimes I wonder if the sports teams now, no, I don't wonder, I know, they don't understand the impact of their broadcasts on both radio and television. They don't understand the impact of being in the community. They just don't understand it because they haven't been around it for decades. And now we're getting a generation of marketers and PR people that through the pandemic, it's like, oh, it's not a thing to do that. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's a major concern for teams and leagues. But anyways, one of those sources... 
about the Calgary Stampeders sale. I know you talked to last night. You've got some intel on the CFL. What? Spill your guts, man. I'll sit back here for a while and enjoy my Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> coffee. No, there's not Bring it. a lot of intel, but it's, you know, you can sit back and enjoy. I was going to ask you if you were going to get your Dunkin' Donuts coffee while you were down there, so I'm glad that you did. But the, the Calgary thing's interesting, you know. If that sale comes up, you know, do we really expect things to 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 happen right in the middle of the year? I don't know. Maybe they were going to happen, but you know, I think there's still something to those those conversations and that the Stampeders might be on their way to being sold, you know, and and perhaps these types of things will ramp up a little bit in the off season when we get to, you know, the middle and end of December, but more likely into January and February. Um if there actually is interest, we'll see where that goes. And we're starting to hear that they're having talks right now about who the next president of the Edmonton Elks is going to be. You know, we're talking to some different people and and they're getting closer um, or they're at least putting names forward as, as who might be the potential president of the Edmonton Elks. So um, it'll be interesting to see how fast they want to move on this because as we've seen, we're already hearing names for general managers. So I wonder what will come first, GM or president? That'll be the question in Edmonton. I'm kind of liking this setup. What do you think? Just the laid back setup? Yeah, leaning back. It seems a lot more comfortable to me. Um, well, it looks good. When you said you heard names, when you said you heard names of the next general manager of the Edmonton Elks, is that the three down 12 candidate list or something a little more concrete? Yeah, and then, no, it's the three down list, but then those names are popping up just in other conversations. And I wonder if it's just, and that sometimes is media, you know, are these other people that we're talking to reading the same stuff and therefore that's what's putting it in their head? Or you read it at three down, you hear it, you know, when you're talking to your sources and then all of a sudden it's like, if I'm hearing it from multiple places, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, maybe these names are a little bit more credible and, and there's something to it. So, you know, you never really know for sure, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun, fascinating story to watch. Okay, so I got to go back, way, way back to the warm-up to my script for that with regards to a huge NFL Sunday. This is supposed to be a, an NFL day, and it, and it is, uh, particularly here in America with a triple header, and one of which is already underway. And this may change how you answer this question on Deal or No Deal, NFL edition for betregal.net on the triple header in the NFL today, U.S. Turkey Day. But Bears visiting the Detroit Lions, Bears favored by three. Moose, deal or no deal in that battle of the black and blue division, the NFC North? No deal, and it's partly because I know it's 7 nothing already, but partly because Andy Dalton's starting that football game. And despite, you know, Detroit and everything that's happened, they got to get a win somewhere. They're going to get a win somewhere. Today might be it. The second game, my featured game today, is the Dallas Cowboys, 7-3, and three, hosting the Vegas Raiders, 5-5. Five and five. Cowboys favored by 7.5. And uh, by the way, for me, it's a no deal. I don't think the Cowboys, I think they'll win, but I don't think they'll win by a touchdown or more. Your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Um, they're not healthy enough. I don't think Dallas is healthy enough. So for that reason alone, I'm going to say no deal. I think the Cowboys win the football game, though. I do. 
I just don't think it's spot they'll cover. And they've got some real key players out, two on the defensive line, missing their starting left tackle. You know, the receivers aren't healthy. So no weapons, no points. So, yeah, I no deal. Same. And as I said an hour ago, I believe the Dallas Cowboys will win the division. So let's just get out of this regular season healthy and go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Be very interested. I'll be watching the game, by the way, in Dodge City today. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Uh, was with the mayor of Dodge City last night at the at the Panthers game. And I was talking about leaving early. And I said, some of us got to work tomorrow. And he said, yeah, two hours. <clears throat> they got me figured out down here, Moose. And oh, yeah. uh, the Buffalo Bills taking B Buffalo Bills taking on the New Orleans Saints in the late game, eight twenty kickoff Eastern. The Bills favored by six point five. Deal or no deal for BetRegal.net. No deal. Buffalo's offense hasn't been as good, and you know I think the Saints give them some problems. So I'm going, you know, no deals all across the board. Yeah, I, I'm not taking any of these deals today. I don't know why, but I'm not. <laughs> Well, these are all the odds makers from, they actually have their own odds makers. Why don't we talk about that for a second about betregal.net because the guys yeah. are watching every day, mostly out of Toronto. And I asked them in one of our conference calls, I'm like, where do you guys get your odds? And they said, well, we can pay for a service. A lot of these betting companies do, but we don't because we have our own odds makers. So if you've noticed, I've, have you not often wondered before we got into the, the uh, partnership with BetRegal, I would look around and go, how come these odds are the same from all these different betting companies? And then we go into business with Bet Regal, and I'm like, they're slightly different. What's the deal? And they explained yeah. it that they use their own uh, their own staff. Yeah, you know, a lot of them use their own staff. There are odds, you know, books. There's services that can be used, but again, it's to try and split the split the betting lines, and and you really got to watch it because as money comes in on one side, that'll change the line during the week. So if you set a line and everyone's like, that's the line. Oh, I'm taking Dallas for sure. Oh my God, Dallas is only favored by three. I'm taking Dallas. Well, if everybody's taking Dallas, you got to start bumping that spread up so that some people say, well, it's getting a little high now. I think I'm going to take the Raiders, right? You got to try and balance the book a little bit on the betting side. That's kind of what the odds makers' goals are. And that's why you'll see adjustments throughout the week. It's because of the different money coming in. Uh, by the way, when we come back, where it's, it's going to be full on taco time viewer takeover the rest of the way. And then we're going to get into the nitty grit of the Tim Hortons Olympic curling trials in Saskatoon. Devin Haru will be joining us from the Bridge City to talk about that. Original 16 from Great Western is our hour two sponsor. Original 16 beers are founded across Western Canada. And if you were lucky, there might even be one in your fridge. And uh, taco time viewer takeover for the love of burritos. It's buy one, get one burrito half off at Taco Time every Thursday. I'm turning it over to the viewers. As much as they've been annoying me somewhat today, Darren, why not? Yep. It's a stat holiday, U.S. Thanksgiving. You want to talk NFL, CFL, NHL, Junior, because people do want to talk about what went down with Bedard last night in Lethbridge. The CFL award finalist name today, Coach of the Year. I'm not done with that. Tell your friends. Plenty of time left. We'll be right back on the RP Show Game Plus TV. YouTube live and 24 hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. 
you gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it, let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Ah, welcome back. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're back. And I'm very interested to hear what's going on with the moose. Clark's been fond of dropping grenades in my lap today. Coming out of... Darren had to put out a fire, but he's back. Uh, okay. Okay. No fires. What a, what a day. We're all good. We're all good. Okay, good. Uh, so, hey, I wanted to talk about something. And I just in the break, I, I went to Instagram. And actually, I went to Google. And I created a poll. I, it's for Coach of the Year in yep. the Canadian Football League. I think we can have this thing decided within the next 24 hours. Yep. Mike O'Shea or Ryan Dinwiddie, who is the Coach of the Year? They were announced Thursday morning as the finalists from their respective divisions. Mike O'Shea of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Ryan Dinwiddie of the Toronto Argonauts. Just vastly different stories to get here. But both first place teams in their divisions. And you can vote right now. I put it up on our Instagram. Coach of the year, Osh or Dinner? I use their nicknames. And our viewers, Darren, will have 23 hours to vote on this. And maybe we'll, we'll declare the Rod Peterson Show winner of the Coach of the Year in the CFL on Friday's program. But I think for the benefit of the yeah. viewers that weren't tuned in an hour, talk about it here now. And that is why I think Ryan Dinwiddie should be named Coach of the Year in the CFL. And the reason is because... He did a better job of coaching this year than Mike O'Shea. And, and, and oddly enough, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, when they won the Grey Cup in 2019, Mike O'Shea wasn't even named a finalist for Coach of the Year. It was up between Saskatchewan's Craig Dickinson and Hamilton's Orlando Steinauer. How about yeah. that? If there was ever proof that these regular season awards don't mean a tinker's damn, to quote my mom, I just think Ryan Dinwiddie took a... Brand new coaching staff, Darren. Come on. I'm going to have you convinced by the time we go off the air today that Ryan Dinwiddie should be the coach of the year in the Canadian Football League. Brand new staff. COVID year. His first ever job as a head coach. And they finish in first place. Would have gone unbeaten, but for that last meaningless home game against the Argos or uh, against Edmonton, which they didn't play their guys. Ryan Dinwiddie is the coach of the year in the CFL. It ain't even close. It's a walk. Look. Do I have you convinced? Yeah. yeah. Well, not in a walk, that's for sure. I see it. I do see it. But look at Mike O'Shea and what he's done. You know, he loses maybe the best offensive coordinator in the CFL in Paul Lapolis. He replaces him, continues to build the culture. And as a result, Zach Caleros is an MOP candidate now. A finalist. So that's Mike O'Shea, you know, continuing to build continuity with his staff, controlling culture, developing a winning formula. So I like O'Shea still. It's going to be tight, real tight. I wonder what our viewers will say. Dayton Greenway writes in. He's watching on YouTube. He says, howdy, RP crew. Weekly greetings from Speedy Creek. Absolutely love the original 16 partnership as it's my favorite beer. Besides a nice cold bohemian, four crisp meat burritos for about $15 on a Thursday. That's from How Dayton. About that? I loved I loved original 16 so much it knocked me into retirement from drinking 
as I proudly professed, I think two years ago on this program. Couldn't get enough of that stuff, right? That was a problem. Uh, Chris Bird in Toronto, watching in King City, Ontario, says dinner gets my vote if I could vote. But O'Shea is a boss. Uh, you can vote, stud. You're not because why? You're not on Instagram? Uh, by the way, go to Instagram. Vote. One, one out of 100 polls reporting. Ryan Dinwiddie, 100% of the vote. Coach of the year in the Canadian Football League. Changed my mind. We'll have to clip the video, like, you know, in these polls, we're going to have to do the videos. Hey, listen to, you know, argument A, listen to argument B, and then cast your ballot, right? But the, the viewers that are voting, that are going there to vote now, yeah, we're going to see those results roll in, and I'm kind of trying to monitor it a little bit. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see, you know, and then who actually wins the award will be good too. Viewer Andre Trepanier watching on YouTube says, O'Shea, one thing that I've noticed, Darren, is some people cannot be convinced to change their mind. Even with when you give a mountain of Matlock-worthy evidence like yeah. I just did, you're not changing their mind. The actual poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, of the Olympic jerseys that have been leaked, which one do you like the best? And your options are Canada, USA, and Finland. And there have been 111 votes cast, I might point out. Interestingly enough. And uh, leading the way still continues to be Finland. This is on Twitter. Finland continues to lead. Canada uh, with 52%. Canada 41%. And then USA with just 7%. The USA, that was a weak effort. That is an F Not for good. Team USA for their yeah. hockey jerseys. But I just, I think the Canada jerseys are so hot. There's a look at all of them. You, you said this looks like a soccer uh, outfit? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It really does. It looks like a soccer kit to me. That's all I see. See, hold this one. I like the red and white one. It's cool. I like the little unique leaf. But I wish the red jersey had white striping and a white logo. I like the black is cool, the black on black. But I wish the, the logo and the arms and the stripes were white on the other one, and then I'd be in. I don't know. I mean, I can follow the news pretty well, the Canadian news from here in South Florida, but I didn't see any. Is there a story behind these Canadian jerseys with the new-looking logo? Like that black one is like Paris Hilton hot. I'm not saying Paris Hilton's that's, hot. She said, no, that's hot. Cool. That is hot. Yeah. Woo! Was there a story like behind this? Was there a special red. design? Yeah, a special designer, designer. Or what's the story behind this change for Canadian jerseys? Yeah, good question. Um, I haven't seen enough about it. I've just, you know, just seen the reaction to it. That's what I've been looking at is everybody's reaction to those, those uniforms. But, uh, you know... Kind of a 50-50 for me. So, you know, I, I, I like two out of three. So 66%, that's the vote they get for me. Checking from the viewers. Uh, Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, I'm getting me a black Canadian jersey. Jeff Cabellos in Winnipeg says, Coach Osh, and I like those Team Canada jerseys. Don't at me. LOL. <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey, listen. 
a lot of people really going on the O'Shea train here. And I don't, listen, I like Mike O'Shea. As a matter of fact, I've often thought that if we ever worked together on the same football team, we would get along really well. How many times have I told the story, Darren, about going to the 2017 Hall of Fame induction in uh, Hamilton and listening to his speech? I was still the voice of the riders at the time. And I came back and I'm like, oh no, this isn't good. This isn't good. <laughs> this guy is exceptional. <laughs> this isn't good from a Saskatchewan perspective. Mike O'Shea is the bomb. And he has proven to be the bomb uh, in the Canadian Football League. By the way, speaking of all of this, I'm sure he's watching right now. Leo Ezrins from the Canadian Football League Alumni Association. They sent out a news release. I don't know if you saw it. And I'm going to read it now. Since 2008, the Canadian Football League Alumni Association has recognized an alumni member who has made outstanding contributions to their football community. That tradition proudly continues as CFL AA Executive Director Leo Ezrins announced that Bob Krause and Jason Riley have been selected as the 2021 CFL Alumni Alumni of the Year. Bob Krause played with the Hamilton Tiger Cats from 1963 to 1975, a defensive standout. He was a four-time Grey Cup champion and CFL All-Star. And Jason Riley was originally a first-round pick of the Blue Bombers in 83. During his 11-year CFL career, Jason spent time with Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Hamilton. And the pair will be officially honored at the CFL Alumni Legends Luncheon. That's the one where Angelo Mosca and Joe Cap got in the brawl for it all in 2011. That's the, that's the yeah. luncheon. Um, it'll be held December 10th at the End Zone Bar and Grill in Hamilton. Tickets can be purchased hey. through the Hamilton Tiger Cats alumni, CFL alumni, or online. So, hey. Well, I don't know what you know about the Grey Cup. Obviously, we're not going. There was a plan to go. Now we're not. But here's a luncheon for the alumni. Like, there's still going to be stuff to do. Grey Cup week in Hamilton. Yeah. No, there will. It's still going to be. It's still going to be good. They're still going to have some fun. They're going to do what they can. Um, but you know, as they scale back, they just know that you know it's not going to be the big travel destination it's always been. Just simply because of people's apprehensions with. You know, the pandemic's still on and whatever else and your abilities to fly and budget crunches and all that kind of stuff. But now it's still going to be great. The Great Cup is still going to be awesome. It is still, you know, the nation's championship. And uh, no, it'll, it'll be fun. And all these events that are going to happen still uh, will make it great. I love the audience participation today, Darren. It's picking up. Although I still Good. think Jeff in Oregon is leading on the Taco Time viewer takeover, but... Todd Moggy is watching in Winnipeg, and he says the Argos beat Ottawa four times. Yes, so. Do you remember going into the season when we had Pinball Clemens on, and Pinball's knees were knocking and his teeth were chattering about the fact that the Argos had to play Hamilton four times. Remember that? I think you were part of that interview. That's right. And he's like, you know, Rod, you know, Rod we got a great team, but dang, we got to play the 15-3 and Ticats four times. So what? You beat them. You finished first. Right? How many um, times did teams in the West play Edmonton? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I know Winnipeg played Edmonton at least three times. There might have been four. Uh, regarding the Canadian jerseys, thank you so much to hey. Nelson Hackowich for chiming in. He says the story is they can't use IIHF Federation logos in the Olympics. And Nike needs to make money, so they re-released 
new jerseys every Olympics. You knew that Nelson would have the skinny on this. So they oh, yeah. come up with a new design, and Bob's your uncle, and they make millions more. That's how it goes. And we always want to see a yeah, new jersey the one, and see what it's going to look like. And Yeah. Well, the one, yeah, the one thing, Darren, that I really uh, loved over the last couple World Juniors is the Canadian socks. Like, I don't know how much of a nerd that makes me, but the red socks with the white maple leaf up the shin. <laughs> yeah. I went back and researched 70s, 70s. I thought I remembered seeing those in the 70s with Phil Esposito and crew, but they, but they didn't wear them back then. This was a new design, interestingly enough. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Nelson Hackwich, our VP of Sim Events, he has simmed everything regarding the uh, semifinals this weekend. You want some of the simulation stats here? If you want to lay down, if you were to lay down some prop bets, um, yeah, uh, let's do it right now. Based based on a simulation, Cody Fajardo, two hundred and fifty yards. You taking the over or the under on two fifty passing for Cody Fajardo in the game? I'll take the over. Take the over. Eh, you win. Ding, ding, ding. I guess I shouldn't have said. Eh. Ding, ding, ding. You win. <laughs> Bolivar Mitchell. Over, under, 260 yards. What are you taking? The under. Eh. Based on the simulation, 263 yards passing for Bolivar Mitchell in the Western semifinal on Sunday. Let's look out east. Trevor Harris, quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes. Over under 250 yards passing. What say you? Under. Ding, 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 ding. You win a taco time burrito. And the quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Jeremiah, holy moly, Masoli. Over under 260 yards. What are you taking? The over. He's a 300 yard guy. Ding, 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 ding. You win. You win. So, yeah. Does that get you somewhat excited for these football games come Sunday? Yeah, it does. It does. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I kind of can't wait. I'll be watching all day Sunday. It's going to be a full day uh, NFL in the morning and CFL, and it's going to be a really good day. Moose, we'll see you back here for overtime. All right? Uh, appreciate you. Sounds good. When we come back, we'll go deep on our Olympic curling trials coverage, which, of course is brought to you by Original 16 Beers. They're found across Western Canada. And if you're lucky, they might even be in your fridge. Also, the Delta Hotels by Marriott Saskatoon downtown surrounds you, surrounding you with one-of-a-kind views of the city of Bridges. No matter how you decide to enjoy it, imagine yourself in the tallest hotel in Saskatoon, steps from all-season hiking paths that hug the banks of the South Saskatchewan River. Book your stay today. And by Core Grain. Doing what's right for your farm. Devin Haru of the CBC joins us next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All righty. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. 
fun coming out here in beautiful South Florida. As you can tell, it's episode number 619 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. Huge NFL triple header today on U.S. Thanksgiving. And we do have CFL news to go along with our curling news. So as we bring in Devin Haru from CBC Toronto, CBC National, I just I always love opening with the football stuff with you, Devin, because you're such a fan. Love the scarf game, by the way. Very Canadian you're looking today. Uh, announced as Coach of the Year finalists in the Canadian Football League. Mike O'Shea of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Ryan Dinwiddie of the Toronto Argonauts. I'm voting for Dinwiddie, finishing first in his rookie year, but I'm getting a lot of opposition to that. Who do you think should win CFL Coach of the Year for 2021? I think we're always indebted, indebted to Dinwiddie in Saskatchewan for his performance in the 2007 Grey Cup, Roddy. So, of course, we kind of go with Dinwiddie, don't we? Uh, listen, you know what? Uh, what he's done in Toronto has been outstanding. Uh, Mike O'Shea had the framework. He he obviously has had a great campaign in Winnipeg, and they're uh, awaiting, of course, the, the winner of this playoff game on Sunday that I can't attend, which I'm not happy about. But uh, yeah, I would I would probably go with you on this one. I think Dan Whitty has been good in Toronto. Too bad. Of course, you said it. I live in Toronto. Too bad. More people don't know about CFL football because I live about 10 minutes away from BMO Field and you can barely feel the energy on game day. So disappointing that they have such a good team, but I would side with you with Dan Whitty being the coach of the year. Thank you, sir. And amazing that the last CFL game on CBC was the 2007 Grey Cup. Imagine the role you might have had if they were still calling CFL games. But we're still young, uh, Devin. You never know. Hey, big stories at the Tim Hortons curling trials. For me, obviously, Botcher and Dunstone are out. And I don't want to take the negative road, but those are my stories. What are yours here through, shoot, six days already? Yeah, uh, shocking that Dunstone and Botcher are one in five at the bottom of the standings because I tweeted this the other day, Roddy. Uh, Botcher has played in the la- in this last quadrennial, the last four years, Botcher has played in four Canadian finals, four Briar finals. Of course, he finally won it last year, but this guy has been as good as it gets. Dunstone, the last two Briars, has finished third and basically was a shot away in both of those briars from making it to the championship game so nobody saw that coming um i've been hearing a lot of things about teams breaking up after all of this there are already negotiations going on behind the scenes about what teams are going to form after these olympic trials and roddy one of the things i'm always thinking about is psychologically how does that affect these teams going into an event like this that's already pressure packed if in the back of the mind you know it's all over for us after this and things start going sideways in the middle of a bond spiel you kind of just give up and i i'm not going to say i've seen that explicitly but there are times on the isis week where i've looked at the skips and gone they know something's about to change and they don't really like what's going on on the ice, and this isn't sitting well. And so perhaps that's weighing on the on the shoulders of, of Botcher and Dunstone, but of course at the top of the standings, the teams you would expect, right? Cooey, Gushu, and Jacobs, and I expect them all to be there on Saturday, and then two of them advancing to Sunday. And of course, Tracy Flurry just keeps on rolling undefeated and looking so good, and she kind of does it quietly, so businesslike. Well, actually, I wanted to talk about that. You're totally right. The two Brads and Team Cooey, you're right. They'll be the ones left standing on the weekend, and that's maybe the way that it should be. 
But on the women's side, are those is that a surprise that Tracy Fleury has been as dominant as she's been? Yeah, you know, uh, my co-host of our show, that curling show, Colleen Jones, who's done a lot of winning over her career, she said, I don't know how this flurry team is going to look going into this because, of course, they've never been at a trials before. And it's one thing to win, you know, on the slams and, and on these weekend bonds bills. It's a completely different beast when you come to the trials. But here's the thing. If you watch Tracy Flurry, you almost wonder if she has a pulse sometimes because she's so cool, so poised. And, you know, I was really interested in their game just a few hours ago. They were playing Laura Walker and Kristen McCush, the, the lead for the team. I don't know if you saw it, Roddy, but uh, it, it was looking like it was going to come down to a measurement in the first end. The rocks were so close and, and McCush came in, pushed the rocks away. Everybody knows that's a no-no. And you saw some reaction from Tracy Fleury, some facial expression, uh, basically from my perspective, the first time, like, no, don't touch it. Because, of course, the point went to Walker. I wondered how they would sort of respond after that drama. They came uh, came back with three in the next end. So that's what this team is all about. They, they're not flashy. They're not loud. They're not flamboyant on the ice. They don't make a lot of headlines. They just keep winning. And I think that's probably who you would want to represent Canada because we're going to an Olympics having not won a medal in the last games. And there's going to be so much pressure on those Canadian teams. Fleury seems to be handling it here in Saskatoon. I love it. So we're ratcheting up towards the weekend, despite the fact the Alberta and Saskatchewan teams aren't on the men's side, aren't part of it. I, I totally get it. I have to say this. You're a TV guy through and through, Devin. Your setup, your look is amazing there. Where are you, in Agra Place? Is that a practice facility going on? What, what's going on there? It's almost like you knew I wanted to talk about this, Roddy, because I'm actually downtown Saskatoon in the beautiful Granite Curling Club where I won two high school city championships in this space. It's actually the space we're hosting that curling show throughout the Olympic curling trials. And it's also the place where the Canadian World Junior Qualifier is also uh, taking place right now. So it really is sort of this curling crazy confluence here in Saskatoon because you have all the junior teams from across Canada here. You have the Canadian Olympic curling trials here. And and really, this is where it all begins, right? In the grassroots club community, that vibe. And so to be back in this place, I've, I've always loved the roof in this building, the beautiful wooden roof here. And I've obviously had some fond memories here from winning two championships. Um, and that's the beauty of being back home for this. But this is a special place. And uh, the next Olympic curlers, I believe, are playing right here this week in those juniors because if you look at the field, all of those teams went through these junior qualifiers. So all of it is happening in Saskatoon. Everything is happening, as we say, and it's awesome to have a front row seat to it. Mm. In interesting you say that. That's right. The new Holland World Juniors qualifier. I forgot about that. We were just talking about it last week. Um, the last thing I'll ask you is this. Are there any crowds showing up for that at the Granite? Because... You certainly can't complain. I don't think about the crowds at the SaskTel Center and the announcers. I've been watching Mudrick and Vic Router keep going on and on and on for good reason about how nice it is to have a crowd back after what the curlers yeah. and the broadcasters and everybody went through in the bubble in Calgary last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a knowledgeable crowd. I don't have to tell you this here in Saskatchewan. People get curling. They know when to cheer. They know when not to cheer. They give these beautiful rounds of applause and cheer when all the curlers are coming off the ice, win or lose. It's so awesome to be in what I believe is a heartland of curling. So packed crowds. And this place has been packed. Normally, Roddy, where I'm sitting, they would actually bring uh, bleachers out for the parents to sit along the ice and watch. They're not doing that because of COVID, but the, the warm room and the bar up top especially has been packed with people here as well. And not only that, they're letting the juniors, uh, because this thing wrap, wraps up on Saturday, they're letting the juniors all go and watch the championships on Sunday, which is beautiful because if you can see it, you can be it. And being in the seat for that is so important. So they're doing it right here in Saskatoon and in this province. And you know how damn proud I am of being back home for all of this. Just going to say like you knew they would. Uh, it's a wonderful community and you fit it like a glove. Devin, thanks for helping us out this week. I appreciate it. Enjoy uh, the rest of the week. Thanks, Roddy. Devin Haru joining us from CBC National covering the Tim Hortons Olympic curling trials and our coverage of the trials brought to you by Great Western's Original 16 Beer, the Delta Marriott, downtown Saskatoon, and Core Grain doing what's right for your farm. Overtime is next. Get into the Taco Time viewer takeover as the Moose rejoins. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Yeah, and you see the studio is in beautiful South Florida here today, uh, mid-70s on U.S. Thanksgiving. Overtime is brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Ball for all this week, football week at the Four Seasons. Triple header today in the NFL, Sunday's CFL Division semifinals. Double header, they'll have it all at the Four Seasons. School and go Riders go, says the Greek Greek. And also home of the Seattle Kraken fan club. And uh, I'm very excited to see the Seattle Kraken here Saturday night against the Florida Panthers. That'll be the game. The Panthers will need to win to set the NHL record for best home win streak to start a season. A viewer takeover brought to you as always by Taco Time. For the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one burrito half off at Taco Time every Thursday. If we can get the moose back on the screen here. Got one for you. Well, a couple here. Peter, Peter writes in on the text line at 902. He says, every flipping time I tune into this show, your partner freaks me out on how much he looks like Mr. Ted Lasso. <laughs> how much are you getting it, Darren? And is that why you are very disturbingly keeping that muzzy here through November? You don't, what do you mean through November? This is a forever thing. I mean... No, we'll see. Forever's a long time. Um, I know, forever is a long time. I uh, it won't stay forever, but um, no, I get it all, all the time. Restaurants in Saskatoon we're going to now, so maybe I need to get rid of it just so I can not have that come up every single day. But it is daily occurrence. Good for you. I love it. 
Randy Slough writes in from the Berg on the 902 text line. Coach of the year, in my opinion, Craig Dickinson. Overcoming injuries, suspensions, and a very young offensive line. He gets my vote. That's from Randy in the Berg. Well, he's not a finalist. Mike O'Shea and Ryan Dinwiddie are. And by the way, the last I looked on our Instagram poll, 58% now voting for Mike O'Shea, Moose. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And maybe I'm just too attached to my friends, uh, Ryan Dinwiddie doing one. But I come... Do you remember the scorn from people when Dinwiddie was hired? He's not ready. He's this. He's to this. He's to that. Look what he's done, man. But that's what we love about haters, right? Yeah. It's exactly what happened. There was so much hate, I think, on the Dinwiddie hire. I mean, we knew he was a bright young mind, but you're going to promote this guy? Was he even the offensive coordinator in Calgary? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think he was a quarterback right? coach. Yeah. Dave Dickinson, you think he would let anybody else coordinate his offense? That's my point. Like, you know, how often do you see core, like position coaches as frontier head coaching candidates? But Ryan Dinwiddie, they're really high in him. They give him the opportunity, and all of a sudden, Toronto's the best team in these. So he's done great things. Well, Very worthy be, candidate. It's a this tough a, decision. Very good clip here. YouTube worthy potentially when you like on the Dinwiddie thing, Murph knows hashtag Murph knows. If you want to know how they got Ryan Dinwiddie to Toronto out of Calgary, look no further than John Murphy. And that's not coming from Murph. That's coming from all the football people that told me he knew he was ready. He knew he would be successful. And maybe, you know what? Snub dinner. Cause that'll give him just a little more incentive going into these great cup playoffs, which Speaking of, Jeff Caldwell in Oregon writes in on the 902 line, and he says, I've got Calgary and Hamilton this weekend. Will that put me over the top in the Bet Regal contest? Mm, how about that? That's the Build Your Bank Challenge. We had our Zoom call with the Bet Regal guys on Tuesday, and they yeah. said somebody's running away with a contest. I don't know if that's Jeff in Oregon or not. Have you looked at the standings? Have you seen who's way out in front of the Build Your Bank Challenge? Up for grabs, two tickets to the Grey Cup or two premium CFL tickets to the game of your choice next year. Um, so my question is, he says, well, that you're more of a betting aficionado than me. I guess what he's saying is, because they're not favored. Calgary's not favored. Hamilton is by four. Will that put me over the top of the bet regal contest? How would you answer that? Yeah, the lines are pretty favorable. So depending on how you're betting, if you're betting the point spread, if you're betting straight up on the money line, um, all different ways you can play it will have different odds. So if the spread's one way, that's cool. Um, but playing the spread is a set odds, so a set win percentage. You'll win a certain amount of money, no matter which side you pick, because it's either one or the other. It's like over under. But when you bet the money line and you bet an underdog to win outright, that's worth a lot more than betting the favorite. So betting Calgary to win and winning that bet might put you over the top. You'll get a pretty good return on that. And any tight game usually ends up with a pretty good return. So um, they're both pretty tight, um, and they both should pay well. So, Well, it's my point on this is it's a long, treacherous road to the Grey Cup. We've all been on this road together over the years, no matter who your team is. There's no guarantees, but I'm just thinking if it ends up being, let's just say the chips fall to a Toronto 
Saskatchewan Grey Cup, which wouldn't be new. It would be a rematch of the 1997 Grey Cup with all those guys that the Riders, let's just say, got rid of. Can you imagine the storylines? Murph, Chris Jones, uh, Charleston Hughes, Cam Judge, all those guys going up against the Riders. That would be, like, I'm still in favor of the Grey Cup rematch idea. Winnipeg-Hamilton, I think that would be a tremendous story. But Riders-Argos would be a tremendous number two. That would be an incredible number two story. I mean, there is a lot of familiarity, a lot of great storylines. I think that would I think that would be a lot of fun. And, last minute uh, of play, last minute of play in the RP show. But there's going to be great storylines no matter what two teams end up in the Grey Cup, and that's what's fun about the CFL. Uh, no doubt about it. Thanks, Moose. What do you got cooking for the rest of the day? I'm off back to curling for the only men's draw of the day at two o'clock uh, in an hour, and then the women tonight settle into the rest of this. Uh, NFL game and a couple more this afternoon. So I'll be bouncing back and forth from TVs to the rink and and you you name it in between. Have fun. Appreciate you. And uh, also Enjoy the yourself. Delta Marriott, Saskatoon downtown. On Friday's Football Friday, Eddie Steele, Bubba O'Neill. What else do you need to know? Thank you to Brian Prop today and Devin Haru. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on the RP Show. Because I thought I was going to see Cindy Lauper. And then I get there and she's nowhere to be found. You just got duped. I got I got duped. Yeah. Hey, who wants to get duped by dupe? <laughs> For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.